The Viewpoint on SAFM. Welcome back. It's uh, 22.9. You're listening to SAFM, The Viewpoint. My name is Homozo Keiji Mwekezi. I'm in uh, for Songezo. And uh, we're talking whistleblowing now. We're in conversation with uh, corporate investigation and forensic lawyer at uh, the international law firm CMS South Africa, Zakir Mohammed. And uh, he maintains South Africa boasts uh, one of the most robust and comprehensive whistleblowing legislation in the whole wide world yet. Whistleblowing has become a life-threatening exercise in uh, South Africa. Does the legislation need to be beefed up? How does it fare compared to other countries? Good evening, Zakir. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Whistleblowing, you maintain we have some of the best legislation in the whole world, another best something we have in the whole world. And yet, seemingly, uh, we are struggling to implement that legislation. Am I wrong? Hi, good evening, KG, and thank you very much for having me on your show. I think that's a very valid question and a very valid point that you've just made. I think if I can start off from the legislative perspective, in South Africa we've got the Protected Disclosures Act, which is a very nice piece of legislation when it comes to the protection of whistleblowers. But I think that the difficulty and the problem that we tend to have in South Africa is that we have very, very good legislation, but we often have uh, difficulties when it comes to the practical implementation and enforcement of that of, of our legislation. So what does the Protection of Disclosures Act entail? What is in it? So if I can give you an overview of the Act, uh, basically the Act makes provision for procedures in terms of which employers, employees or workers in both the public and the private sector may disclose information on unlawful or irregular conduct. The, object, the, object, the objectives of the Act are, three, are threefold. On the one hand, it is there to protect the employee from being subjected to what is termed occupational detriment. And basically what occupational detriment means is that if an individual blows the whistle to his or her employer, occupational detriment would be an instance where that employee is either dismissed or harassed or intimidated or suspended or demoted or anything to that effect would be classified as occupational detriment. So the one object of the Act is to protect employees from being subject to occupational detriment. The second object of the Act is to provide for remedies of employees who have suffered occupational detriment. And the third is to provide for procedures in terms of which employees can disclose improprieties to employers in a responsible manner. Now, the Act itself contains a general prohibition where no employee may be subject to occupational detriment on account of having made a protected disclosure. Then the Act contains numerous remedies which are available to an employee. Um, And basically, if an employee has been subjected to occupational detriment, he or she may approach any court, including the Labor Court, for appropriate relief. They may pursue any other process allowed or prescribed by law. And a court hearing such a matter may make an appropriate order that is just and equitable in the situation. And this could include payment of compensation, it includes payment of actual damages suffered by the employee, or it could be an order by the court directing the employer to remedy the occupational detriment. Now, in terms of the remedies, for the purposes of the Labor Relations Act and the Labor Court proceedings, any dismissal of an employee who is blown the whistle um, is deemed to be an automatically unfair dismissal in terms of Section 187 of the Labor Relations Act. And if an employee has been subjected to any other occupational detriment aside 
um, from dismissal that is also automatically deemed to be an unfair labor practice. The Act goes further and requires employers to authorize internal procedures for receiving and dealing with information about improprieties. And basically what this means is that employers are required to have some sort of whistleblowing mechanism and procedures so that they can receive these, these disclosures from employees. And they're also required to make employees aware of these particular improprieties. So there's quite a few sections in the Act which are geared towards trying to protect whistleblowers. But I'm assuming also this act did not anticipate um, things like the State Capture Commission uh, happening and, you know, people uh, who are whistleblowers ending up being public, uh, whether by default or, you know, by association. Does it even, you know, uh, allude to anything like that in terms of the issue of protection? Because in a working environment, you say, you know, there's a protection for that worker against being harassed, against being demoted, etc. Does it give any protection if that person who blows a whistle ends up in a public fora where they end up being exposed? Yeah, so that is one of the difficulties when it comes to the Act and the practical implementation of the Act. And it's a question that we often grapple with in the industry as well. Because at the end of the day, the Act is good from the perspective of giving whistleblowers more of a leg to stand on. So if they've been subjected to occupational detriment, there's legal recourse that they can have. But at a practical level, there's a lot of difficulties that whistleblowers face. For example, when it comes to the to the enforcement of their rights, etc., I mean, there's, there's legal costs to consider, um, you know, approaching the courts, etc. And when it comes to whistleblowers, and if you often look at some of the examples where whistleblowers have been subjected to occupational detriment, um, they don't always have the resources to fight these these particular battles against their employers or other individuals against whom they have blown the whistle. Yeah. And so there is, there, is, there is the difficulty that a lot of whistleblowers face. And there's no easy answer or solution to how we can o- actually overcome that particular difficulty. Yeah. And then what, you know, I mean, part of the challenge, particularly for whistleblowers in uh, the public sector, is the issue of being sidelined. Because you can be sidelined in a working environment without necessarily being demoted. Because I suppose a demotion is uh, is is official in many ways. But, uh, you know, you can be made to feel uncomfortable uh, without the formality of, of that uncomfortableness. And, and I call that sidelining. Are there any, you know, is there any clarity on the legislation around things like being sidelined in terms of doing the work that you were doing and being overlooked? So in certain situations, and I suppose this would be would have to be assessed on a case-by-case basis, in certain instances, um, one could potentially make a case that such sidelining could um, amount to occupational detriment. The definition in the Act is quite broad and um, all-encompassing. However, when you're dealing with these issues of sidelining, it does become very difficult to prove. Um, and I say this because I've dealt with a matter where, you know, I've spoken to, we, we've done an investigation at CMS on behalf of one of our clients where a whistleblower had come forward and reported certain irregularities. And during the course of conducting the, the, the investigation, all of these issues of sidelining came out. Um, and when it comes to issues of sideline, you don't necessarily have hard, con- concrete proof. It's based on what you've been told, and it's based mm. on conduct. Um, and so those cases become a little bit more difficult to deal with, but they're not necessarily impossible to fight.
Um, it just depends on how you go about gathering the information um, and what sort of information you're being given. Because of those loopholes, though, uh, 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 Zakir, would you end up saying that that legislation needs to be beefed up and because of places like uh, the State Capture Commission, because the one thing that we know is, you know, corruption perhaps uh, was 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 not anticipated uh, to the degree that it ultimately ended up rearing its head in our country when that piece of legislation uh, was crafted. Does that mean then that legislation itself needs to be beefed up or needs to be upgraded to be more cognizant of the kinds of times that we live in? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. And there's been a lot of debate about whether the Act itself is sufficient or whether they need to include further provisions. I think out of interest, um, what, you, what, the read, or what the listeners uh, might want to know is that in 2017, there was an amendment made to the Act to try and beef it up. And it did introduce some very interesting provisions geared towards protecting more employees um, and also placing a little bit more obligations on employers when it comes to whistleblower reports. One of these particular obligations is that if an employer receives a whistleblower report within 21 days, the employer is required to inform the whistleblower of whether the matter will be investigated um, or not, or if the matter is going to be referred to an external party for investigation. Mm. So that's just one example of how the Act was beefed up. But to answer your question, I think when we look at the legislation itself, um, and it's something that I've pondered as well, whether there's scope or room for improvement. I think when it comes to any legislation, there is always room for improvement. And one of the things that I thought of is, you know, would it would it make a difference if the legislation was amended to include more criminal sanctions mm. for non-compliance with the provisions of the Act um, to try and enforce more compliance from from employers and other businesses. Yeah, we are in conversation uh, with Zakir Mohammed, uh, corporate investigation and forensics lawyer at international law firm CMS South Africa. And we're talking about whistleblowing. Great piece of legislation we have, but at implementation level, uh, seemingly lacking. If you've ever been a whistleblower, please call us on zero double one seven one four two zero zero six, or you can WhatsApp us on zero six one four one zero four one. Zero seven, and uh, please have your radio set off as uh, you drop us a voice note there. Share your story or ask your question uh, to Zakir so that we can hear the kinds of things that you have experienced in, in whistleblowing. How do we fare uh, compared to other countries, uh, Zakir, in terms of implementation of this fancy piece of legislation that we have? Yeah, I think from a, from a legislative perspective, I think we fare quite quite well when it comes to other countries, but I think from the implementation perspective, I think if you just look at, you know, all of the, what's happening in the media and what's coming out, um, you know, I think on the practical side, we, we seem to be lacking um, on the practical implementation of, of, of the legislation. So I think a lot more can be done um, in both the public and the private sector. I mean, I think when it comes to whistleblowers generally, um, Whistleblowers are often seen as the pariahs of society. However, the importance of whistleblowers can never be underestimated uh, or understated. And the reason why is because whistleblowers are individuals who have courage, they act with integrity, and they're willing to come forward and say that something is wrong. And in many instances, their coming forward can save a particular business in the long run. And I can use many examples from matters that we at CMS have dealt with, where whistleblowers had come forward and reported on irregular conduct. 
And because of their coming forward, an investigation was done, irregular conduct was found, and it was found that in some instances millions had been stolen from the company and had the whistleblower not come forward, millions more would have been lost through instances of fraud, theft or corruption. So there's been many cases where whistleblowers have come forward and have in the long run saved organizations from losing millions and millions of rands. Yeah. I ask, I ask myself, and, and, and perhaps, you know, to ask lawyers, a lawyer like you, a question on ethics is, is taking it too far. But I'm asking myself as you're talking, are the ethics of South African society wired around uh, whistleblowing? And I'll tell you why I ask. I ask that because people are scared. I ask that because, uh, for example, Musilo Mutepu, who blew the, the whistle on the, you know, the shenanigans that were happening at Trillion, uh, shared, you know, experiences of her being treated like a leper. Uh, she talks of millions in legal battles and, you know, um, same millions in legal battles for Ethel Williams. And the most, the most scary thing is their lives end up being threatened. So uh, is, is South African society wired even around whistleblowing? Yeah, I think, uh, KG, that when it comes to that question, it's, it's There's no easy answer to that particular question because on the one hand, we've seen cases of whistleblowers who have demonstrated immense courage uh, and tenacity when it comes to whistleblowing and actually speaking out about what has happened. But I'm pretty sure that there are hundreds, if not thousands of cases where due to fear for their livelihoods being damaged, people have not actually come forward. Mm. Um, And I think there is that general fear that we are all reliant on our jobs at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, whistleblowers are not necessarily in positions of power where they can with confidence say that if I blow the whistle and if I'm subject to occupational detriment, would I be able to fight the battle properly? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is a very, very difficult decision that all whistleblowers are faced with. Yeah. And, yeah. No, go on. Uh, I was saying in, in one matter that I've dealt with, um, when, I spoke to, when I spoke to a whistleblower, I mean that, that, that genuine fear uh, definitely comes out where mm. they want to share information, they want to do the right thing, but there's that constant fear of what will happen to me yeah. once all of this How will I live? Mm-hmm. How will I live? Yes. How will I pay my bills? You know, uh, we've got some calls, uh, Zakir. Silo, welcome to SAFM. Um, thanks, thanks, Kiji. Look, Kiji. Um. <laughs> You know, you know, we talk about some legislation done and done every now and then, mm. and it does not help at all. As we speak now, you, you, you forgot to, or you, maybe let's say you forgot to mention who is it? Tavi Sokwa, the the guy who who who, who is under threat, who can be killed any time. Of the day because he exposed some corruption that side in Guazul Natal. Mm. Who the, the, the even the president? I think a year back, who promised the guy to to be, so that he can be protected. Mm. Nothing happened. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, people in, in we can go on and on. This KG. It, it, what does that piece of paper do to someone who his life has been threatened? Who is running? Each and every minute, who is hiding? Huh? 
but the piece of paper says no silo must be protected because he 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 is a whistleblower but people who should do their job the kgm they even go to court not to implement those what they should implement so what are we saying now Mm. i I, I will never be a whistleblower you would never be a whistleblower no i will never be who's going to support my kids when i when i'm dead this kgm wow yeah i'm I'm just gonna look at the the other side it's like ah let's go because people who are in power says kgm they are using us as a pawn for them they ask us as listeners and citizens to whistle blow and then after that you expose that corruption that themselves they know says kgm and then they let they, they, they don't even entertain you yeah okay thank so, you thank you for, for your call so, you, let's get through the others asia uh in uppington hi asia hello yes you're live on air your comment hello um Kaji and your guest Yes. I would like to say that this entire conversation has been discouraging whistleblowers from whistleblowing. What we need to do is each one of us, wherever we are, to whistleblow so that we can put an end to this. And then, as civil society, we must put pressure on the Minister of Police to get protection to us. Every time I hear whistleblowing conversations, there's all this, oh, you don't do it, don't, don't do it. We must do it. No, I, I don't think we're saying nobody should do it. We're uh, looking at the legislation and we're asking ourselves what happens to people who whistleblow. But I think uh, I don't think any of us are saying we shouldn't whistleblow. Otherwise, we won't we won't grow our country. Thank you, Asia. Slindile in Kahiso. Hi, Slindile. Slindile, hi. Hello, KG. I think it's the first time I call your show. Oh, okay. Um, Welcome. It's not my nice show. It's show. it's uh, it's Songez's <laughs> yeah, uh, show. Songez's show. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. You know, for me, every legislation in this country is just out of the window. Your guest has just said this was the best. I'm not sure whether he's the one who mentioned it, but you're saying it's the best. Uh, legislation or whatever. It's like the constitution. Yes, we, we have one of the best constitutions yeah, in the world. we have the best of this, we have the best of this. You know, if you <laughs> check all the legislation, when they're supposed to monitor or to follow up on things, it doesn't happen. A simple thing like a restaurant. You had uh, inspectors who were going to restaurants and checking those things, but today we are eating a rotten meat. It's, a, it's just an example I'm making. Mm. The legislation, let's stop saying things are best on paper while practically they're not best. Because if it's something is not best practically, it's just as useless as a piece of paper that you can tremble. But, but doesn't it come down to the culture or the ethics or how we're wired as a society? Because, I mean, we do need good legislation. Uh, perhaps it's us who are not changing our minds about what uh, whistleblowing is about. I think it's those who need to enforce that legislation. The people who need to enforce the legislation. But we must check also. Law enforcement you know, we, agencies, we, we, maybe. Yeah, we're living in a society where the politicians are all over the place. They, they, they've got their hands in everything. Mm. You find out that somebody who's whistleblowing, somebody who's in a higher position, whether a politician or a businessman, has a hand in it. They won't mm. allow it to happen. Mm. And they will frustrate you so that you can even lose everything, as we were just saying. I think the gentleman that who's your guest, maybe if they can do this 
finding out cases where they can represent people. I'm not sure whether they are, they are, they are, they are, they are allowed to do that. They represent people who cannot follow up on those cases, who cannot afford legal, you know, because these things of legal, you know, it's very expensive. So mm. people are losing their livelihood, but they were trying to do the same thing. It will discourage me from... Whistle blowing. Whistle blowing. Mm. But let's let's just stop with this thing that this is best. This is best. Yeah. It's not best if it's not practically best. It's not best. Thank you. Thank you. Your last thoughts, Zakir. Uh, about thirty seconds before we go to news. Yeah, I think in terms of last thoughts, I think we we really must look at this from a positive perspective, and I think that whistleblowers must definitely be encouraged to come forward. Mm. Um, if we look at the last five years, for example, as South Africans, we are very vocal. And the more we speak about it and the more we come forward, the more we equip ourselves to actually fight the good fight mm. and do the right thing. And I think if you look at those whistleblowers who have come forward um, and raised all of these um, you know, instances of irregularities and stuff, has resulted in us finding out so much about what has been going on yeah. um, in numerous of our institutions, etc. Yeah. And so there's Whilst we've spoken about cases where whistleblowers have been subject to occupational detriment, there's also been a whole host of cases where whistleblowers have been protected and where whistleblowers have actually benefited their organizations. And I think it speaks to your point, KG, that, you know, in terms of our culture, we must have a culture where we come forward, we encourage others to come forward, and we support one another where we can. Yeah. Um, uh, we're going to le- have to leave it there, unfortunately, but thank you so much for your time. Zakir Mohammed is a corporate investigations and forensic lawyer at uh, international law firm CMS South Africa. Do the right thing. It's uh, one minute past nine. Mudib Mahalimele is standing by with the latest news.